1: Alright, good morning everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we are with you for the next couple of hours as we return here to local sports. And glad you're with us. Uh, At least four portion or perfect world for all of the next couple of hours. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, 10.30-ish. Uh, we'll get our friend Dave Sproul in here. We put Dave early during basketball season. It's much easier for him to jump on Zoom for the Iowa State uh, media press or the press conferences. So that's why Dave will be up first and has been during uh, basketball and football. Rolls around, it kind of reverses with Campbell going late. But uh, anyways, that's um, Dave Sproul, ten thirty on Iowa State. Uh, and their Oklahoma game, and of course, Baylor tomorrow night as Baylor gets set to return to play. So we'll talk Cyclone Athletics at the bottom of the hour. Kerry Miller's from the Bleacher Report. Uh, he'll talk college basketball on a national scale at 11.05. I'm sure Ohio State and Michigan will come up. What a basketball game uh that was yesterday. And then Scott Dockerman, who wrote a terrific piece on Justice Sullivan. Um just is that his first name I want to get it right. Yeah, Justice. Justice, right? Uh Jake Sullivan and uh Jake and his wife Janelle uh adopted adopted son from Ghana. Really good piece. Uh, And we'll talk to Doc about that. Of course, he was at Carver when Luca broke the record and, more importantly, beat Penn State. What looked for a while that maybe they wouldn't beat Penn State on what turned to be an historical day. But uh, all things ended well for the Hawks. Uh, Luca got his record. Bohannon got closer to his. And the Hawks put one in the win column and buckle up because here comes Michigan on Thursday and Ohio State on Sunday. Uh boy, oh, boy! It's going to be a terrific final couple of weeks of this regular season, is
2: it not? How are you? I'm doing well. Good weekend and uh state wrestling in the books. One down, two more to go on was, the high school front. Was Saturday night as good
1: as advertised? I mean, you loved the night. You like Friday better, you yes, said. Yeah. Uh, well, both of them. They with were excellent.
2: limited fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it? Did it matter? It did. I mean, you just didn't have that same roar, the murmur. uh, Centerville wrestler Matthew Lewis became the 29th four-time state champion in mm-hmm. state history. How about it, the
1: kid who lost four straight?
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's a blow. I
1: mean, it, good for me. Mm-hmm. How did you, did you? Was I'm sure there was media avails after the game yeah. or after the match for him. Um,
2: how's he doing? Yeah, probably all right. Yeah. You know, there is he the first to do that. Yes, I believe so. That yeah. story, I just. Something unthinkable, right? Yeah, kind of like the Buffalo Bills. Right, that ascension that you're kind of used to at the high school level and just yeah. never to be able to break uh-huh. through. Uh, there's a young man, in fact, that from Osage, my hometown, that wrestled uh, Lewis, who became a four-timer. Had the lead late in it. Lewis got the, the uh, reversal and the win late in the match. But freshman year, lost in the championship. Sophomore year now, mm-hmm. just lost in the championship. And you hope for him that he's not heading down that road because to get to that point, uh-huh. to do it so early in your career, And never to break through. But uh, didn't have that same kind of roar that you see with the four-timer. It's such a great, cool experience. Everybody's standing and applauding at the same time. And then when he gets on the award stand, about usually 15, 20 minutes later is when the weight classes come through. And seeing him and the applause that you get in, it was 5,000 as opposed to 14,000. It just wasn't the same as what you're used to. But overall, a lot of fun. Team races, Waukee gave a heck of a run in the end still too much Waverly Shell Rock but uh it was a great tournament it really was and and I think the event staff the boys association who you know I get on from time to time they did as well as possibly Good. could be imagined during all of it uh people wearing masks it, it, I saw compliance to the nth degree. I, I was a little bit surprised by that to be honest. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was gonna be the case and if you're gonna see, you know, ushers having to come over and talk to people. Well, Wasn't the case. People were there, they knew the rules, and they followed the rules. Iowa which is
1: great. nice. Yes. Great to see that. Absolutely was. Well, great to see Luca Garza pick off the record yesterday, Trent. I'm glad he missed the free throw. <laughs> yeah. I really was. Um no, maybe not. Glad's not the right word, but you know what? Do you do you want to see him sitting on the charity stripe, knocking him down and breaking the record that way, or doing it the way that he did? Bohannon getting the assist on the on the uh, the record breaking basket, so good for him and good for the team. Joe Wieskamp started the second half, propelled them back into that basketball game. I thought, I mean, he was incredibly quiet in the first half, but boy, oh boy, did he come out um, with a um, with a message in the uh, at least the beginning of of the second half of the basketball. Game got them right back into it. Uh, a lot of positives from the game, none more so than 55, who is now the all time record hor- uh, scoring leader uh, in the history of the program. Quite an accomplishment.
2: Yeah, he had said after the game that he had never airballed a free throw before. And oh, did he say? <laughs> yeah, and he airballed th- that one. I- was he tight? Did he did he say the reason behind it? It was in his head, he said. Yeah, he yeah. said even the first one that went in, he said right. it felt awful coming off of his hand mm-hmm. and, and maybe that even went further to getting in his head, but came back, got the bucket, and you're right. I, I think a very apropos way to break the record, the way that he did it and the assist from Bohan and it was a game that It looked for the longest time. It was just going to be one of those nights for Iowa. Mm -hmm. You can say, is it a look-ahead factor because of what they have on tap this week on the road at Michigan and Ohio State? You can make that argument. It's a Penn State team that plays weird. Defensively, it's the same style that we've seen for a while. It's the clutch and grab of Wisconsin and Michigan State. That's how they play on that end. But they couple it with just chucking three-pointers. And if they get hot, and we've seen that this year, when they get hot, they can beat Anybody, well, maybe short of Baylor and Gonzaga, Mm -hmm. but they can beat anybody because of the volume and the number of three-pointers they shoot. And for a while, what, the big guy hit a couple of threes early on. (laughs) He came in shooting like 26% Uh from deep lane. All right, here we go. Yep, one of those days. After a 19-6 lead, they come roaring back right away in a couple of big runs for Penn State in the first half. Iowa finds a way. And finds a way to win a game in a different fashion. They didn't win this one 98-91. It was a grind-out kind of game. Is this team evolving and becoming better? Defensively, and, for sure. And winning more ways than just I, I outscoring so. people. I think so. They're they're clearly more committed to playing defense. Look, I thought as big a play as in the basketball game
1: from yesterday, it's, uh, was it 60, whatever it was, Bohannon gets turned over, but falls on the ball and gets a timeout mm-hmm. with very little shot clock remaining, and C.J. Frederick hits that three. I think moved the score to 71 71- 60 at the time. So it's 67-61. and brings the ball over the timeline. Uh, nearly gets the ball stripped. Falls on it. But the only thing he can do is call timeout. He's uh, granted the timeout. And with precious few seconds left on the shot clock, here's C.J. Frederick. Boy, he had a game yesterday. Mm-hmm. He really and truly did. I don't think that uh, Iowa wins if he doesn't play yesterday. Not just because of the points that he got. You take them off the board. Somebody you'd like to think would have picked up the slack. But he was as big a reason that Iowa won the big game, and I thought that was a huge, huge moment. Now, conversely, uh, Joe Toussaint, uh, that, that sequence that he had, Trent, when he missed both free throws, um... Then what did he do the next time? Turn the ball over underneath the basket and then gets charged with an offensive foul. Yeah. I mean, that was as bad of a bang, bang, boom when Penn State's um, getting back in that basketball game. But other than that, man, it's it's hard to pick nits. It's, um, it was great to see. It's just disappointing, as everyone has said. That there were 15,500 or whatever the capacity is that was there to see uh, Luca break the record because it would have been one of those moments that uh, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you'll always remember and always remember being there. and would have been a whole lot of bunch, a bunch of those tickets that would have never seen the floor or the trash can. Those would have been keepsakes.
2: You know, you mentioned. Do we still do tickets? Or are <laughs> Not... they all electronic? It's, it's moving past that <laughs> yeah. anymore, unfortunately. So to Tucson. And the importance of C.J. Frederick, which I, I think you're exactly right, without Frederick, and because of the way the guards are playing the backup guards, Tucson's giving you nothing. Mm-hmm. Perkins and Euliss probably not ready still. I want to get into Perkins play because I didn't go ahead the well, gold Yeah.:
1: Yeah, because anyways, go yeah. ahead.
2: I do want to bring it up because I didn't see what everybody else saw. But one of the things we talked about at this team is the depth that they have. Mm-hmm. And we've seen those guys come in and give stretches, but Toussaint's in such a funk. Can you be happy with him going out there and giving you say CJ Freder gets two fouls or goes out, starts a game, and foot's just not a go. Mm-hmm. And he's get he gets pulled two minutes in the game. Yes. Right. And we've heard that with this in injury uh-huh. with the plantar fasciitis, that it could just go just like that. If that happens, how are you playing? Mm-hmm. Is it Tucson right away? Is it let's go with Eulis or Perkins and keep Bohan Perkins and keep Bohannon at the point. Mm -hmm. What direction do you go knowing? I think that's it. Or do you go big and just go the other route and say, all right, Wieskamp's going to be your two, and you go that direction, along with Connor out there, Uh you kind of head that way. So there is some still mixing and matching that you can do, but the way the backcourt is right now, I think that's a concern. It's a concern. He just needs
1: to slow down, Trent, I think. He's like he was was out of control yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, slow it down just Trying to tad. do too much. I thought so, too. They're going to need him. They're going to need him. Um, but, look, at, it was a ter- terrific day. It all turned out well, and now we wait for Thursday night when Michigan comes to town. Oh boy, that was an entertaining basketball game yesterday. Going it, from that was, to... Not comes to town, but you
2: get my point. Going from that to what we saw starting at 4 o'clock in the Iowa game. Look yeah. like two different level levels of basketball.
1: Ooh, those are two really good Big Ten teams. Yes, they are. They really and truly are. That was a fun game. Coaches chirping at each other in the game at uh, at one particular juncture. Now everything was uh, forgotten after the game very quickly, uh, as as you knew that it would be. But. Uh, it was a fun day yesterday. Capped off by a little puck late in the night. <laughs> Lake Tahoe was terrific. My jets were even better. Uh, that was way way late into the night, but the the visuals from Lake Tahoe. Now look, at it it was disappointing uh, that it was such a sunny day that they had to back it up a little bit. Uh, but I think that uh, it accomplished what it was meant to do, and um, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch the game last yesterday was not very good, uh, but uh, but not, overall pretty good Sunday, pretty good weekend of sports.
2: State line, Nevada.
1: Yeah, it's right on the state line. Yeah, I mean, one part of it, you can gamble. <laughs> the other part, you can't. No, no go.
2: Right? So, I just saw a little bit of it. and I hope uh, you watched last night, because last night was really cool. It did. And there were just a couple of those shots. And there's something about these outdoor events that do it for me. Not a big hockey guy, yeah. but... till the playoffs, you get into it in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's what it is. And I need a local angle. I need the Blackhawks or... More importantly for me, the wild to be good and yeah. to make a run to really get me into it. But the visuals of the outdoor. What was the first official outdoor game? What was that probably 15 I, years ago? What
1: was the first official outdoor game? That's a really New good Year's one. Day. Yeah, it was always on New Year's Day. Right. Now, I, remember, I remember Buffalo because it was snowing and Sidney Crosby, I think, got the winner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Was that the first? No, there had to be something.
2: 2003 took place November 22nd at Edmonton's Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, that's where they play football. Against the Canadians. So that was 2003, the first one.
1: How about the first one in the States? Let's see here. Uh,
2: We had a college game in 2003 that actually started this, and that was the Michigan-Michigan State game that they played at the Big House. I remember that. They played an NHL game there, too. Did they? Yep. And then, all right, we get to NBC when they jumped aboard 2006. To, the inaugural Winter Classic game, here it is. January 1st, 2008. And you're right, Buffalo Sabres hosting the Penguins. In a, in a driving snowstorm. Yes, for the final, yeah. For in
1: the third grade. Great period. call. And, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. All right, so Iowa State. Uh, just... Look, Trent they were getting beat by 21. Mm-hmm. Um for those of us that stuck with it, it got a little bit better. Congratulations. Yeah, cuz I can understand um you know you're not I mean you've just had enough, right? Here we go again. Here we go again. It was going to be a blowout. But you know who I thought played his best game of the year for sure? Trey Jackson was really, really good Mm. in this basketball game. Uh, He was involved at both ends of the floor. He was guarding. He he didn't score a ton. What did he finish up with point-wise? Six points. But Johnson and Walker didn't see the floor in the second half. And Trey Jackson came in, played his best minutes, I thought, of the season. Condit, was he's getting better again. Harris was good. Rasir Bolton's going to give you what he does. Coleman lands. He's going to take a boatload of shots. Some of them are going (laughs) to fall, and he's going to end up in double digits. But the fact that they came back, now they didn't seal the deal, and I'm. St- I sound like I'm at a Dan McCarty press conference. When you win the second half, uh-huh. I get it. That's where this, this this program is at right now, at least for a couple more weeks until the season ends. I was going to say, and there's a change. Of code I heard from two people this weekend. Yeah. Right? It is not fate accompli. Oh really? I don't. I don't believe it. But I was told you're going to be wrong. The money is. Yeah, I don't I that guess. difficult to get past? I guess. That he's gonna get he's gonna get a pass in the in the uh, in the COVID year. I don't I don't believe it, because there's gonna be people back in the building. We'll save that for another day. Um but that that's where the program is at right now. You're trying to find any positive. They got beat again. Um What was it? They got beat by ten, I think, in the end, so they covered. They did cover, yes. Uh Jackson
2: was good. I was clutching that 11 eleven and a half ticket. Did you did you belay did, or did I you take the eleven out of boy? I took your advice. And and I kinda of felt it. I felt they were going to play well. And then I yeah. felt like an idiot for the first, what, 20 <laughs> some down, minutes? Yeah, down 21. And then it felt great. Yeah. And then I got a little nervous at the end. But ultimately. See, well, I had to grab the Penn State points yesterday. Yes. I thought,
1: because I watched Penn State play. Look, they up, they took Ohio State to the buzzer early mm-hmm. in the week. That's not a bad basketball team. I thought it was too many points. But uh, Iowa State, like at Baylor tomorrow. And I guess if you're Baylor, you're looking at kind of like. Best case scenario, while it's a conference game, the opponent's the quality of a bye game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, man, it sounds awful, yeah, but it it's does kind of the way it is, right? Uh, so, so they'll get to you know go out there. It's not like they're playing at Texas Tech or at Texas or in Oklahoma. Some one of the better teams. This is what you want to get back into the um, into the basketball mode. You want a team that you're going to. I would think put up a little bit of a fight, but at the end of the day, you'll move past them and then get ready for the meat of the schedule.
2: So we know, as we talk about a lot here, the Ken Pomeroy number is always very close to what the Vegas point spread is. Mm -hmm. Take a stab what the number is right now at Ken Palm. So let me, before I do, does does Mm -hmm. he factor in layoff into this? He does not. This is strictly a mathematical formula, so that is not in there. And I think you're right, because we've seen... A, the numbers initially, teams Mm -hmm. coming off either a 14 or longer pause, and against the spread has been terrible this year. So now, Vegas books, I'm sure, are caught up. But this is at least statistically what the model says. At Baylor, (sighs) Iowa State is getting Uh, 17. Gotta go higher. Really? What is it? 26. Oh my God. In a conference game? In a conference game. We will find out. Early afternoon, Circle will probably come out with uh, the point spreads. They're the first one to release. mackerel. Is it 23 and a half? Well, if it is... Over that's... or under of that number. 23 uh, and 23 and a, 23 and a half? half. Well, Ken Palm's pretty good. He is. I mean, you set the lines for our
1: Claxons based on Ken, Pro- mm-hmm. Ken Palm, and you have been. And I was... Um, because you, know, we well, you said, what, 11 and a half, 11 and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And they were right on the money. Yeah. So if he's got this at 26, then I'll take the over 23 and a half.
2: Uh, Because I think there will be some kind of adjustment because of the layoff, but it can't be more 20, than two points. If
1: it's 26, when was the last time, no, there, 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 there couldn't have been, that Iowa
2: State in a conference setting. Well, any, ever. was Is getting 26. Right, any team, Have they ever been conference? a 25-point underdog in any game Whew. I have a no. database that goes back to 96 that I use. I want to see if I can find this. It might t- take a little bit yeah, of time, but do, do before Jordan the Bird. end of the show, I'm going to find out. I'm going to guess. I've even been a 20-point dog. In conference? In conference play. No. <laughs> they go to Kansas, some of their down years and great Kansas teams, but usually those are like 18 mm-hmm. and a half, right? The Wayne Morgan era? Right. No, he there were never a 20 point dog in the Morgan era. Some of some of Johnny's bad teams way back in the day. But possible but I, well, Good luck finding lines <laughs> <from> back <back-to-back> then. <laughs> like I said, my database only goes back to 96. Probably not going to find those mm, ones. Unbelievable. Uh
1: so that's kind of the weekend in a nutshell. It was uh, Oh, we got one more on the basketball
2: front. Drake
1: Oh yeah, and, you and know not what? the game. No, Roman Penn. Yes, and I just checked on Twitter before he came on. Uh, before we the ten o'clock away we go. I didn't see anything. They're waiting on Roman Penn. But you know what, uh, Yasufu. <laughs> now I watched that game until Iowa started. Okay, on um, where was it? It was on TV. It was on regular TV. Mitch Holtis and Adam Emmenecker had it, and Drake was putting it to him. Um, so I did not see the injury, but I saw Yusofu in the in the first half and then st- looked at the numbers in the second half. Boy, did he ever dominate. My God, that was eye-opening what he did.
2: And this is something we've talked about with this guy. He is a volume scorer. Ooh. He can fill it up. Trenny was 12 of 14 from the field. Consistency always has been the problem, at least early, but he's still just a sophomore. Uh-huh. I mean, that maybe that's, that's too much. But without Roman Penn, if Roman Penn is mm. out... For a few weeks, Penn and Hemphill? Right, you're not winning the NBC tournament. I don't think so. Not without both of those guys. Are you even getting to the championship? Man, without oh, man. both those guys, it's an ankle injury. I think mm. is what we saw with Roman Penn. Didn't see. I saw Matthew Bain was there covering the game. Yep, he was. He said he didn't have an angle where he could see when he was on mm-hmm. the bench. No, if it was crutches or a boot or anything like that. No, but someone I, I I saw this on
1: Twitter. Someone had mentioned their game against you and I on Wednesday mm-hmm. that he
2: was favoring it. Okay, so so it prob- maybe a little bit more at least. Again, we're just now. I'm going off something I saw on Twitter. I did right. not see this, this. Is wild speculation or, or, right? This is not being reported by Miller and Condon. Right. Certainly. Uh, yeah. Um.
1: So so maybe there's something to that that that's uh-huh. ling- lingering and it got worse. So we'll we'll see. I mean it's they're not, I, I wouldn't think they're going to need him tonight against Evansville. Right. But they will at some point need Now who do they finish? Bradley? Bradley. On the road next weekend at Bradley, uh obviously I mean he's a leader of that ball club. He's he's
2: they need him out there. And if it's close, if he well maybe he can go No, you got to shut him down until the conference. Tournament. Absolutely. Until St. Louis and then if possible,
1: um you know, not knowing who they're going to be matched up with on Friday. <laughs> you know, if you can wait till Saturday, because I got to think that back to back to back, assuming they get through Saturday and right. Friday, uh, is going to take a toll. We'll we'll see. That was big. That was big. But the beat goes on with the Drake Bulldogs. Uh, pretty good tandem doing the game, Holtis and Adam Emenecker mm-hmm. at the Napp Center yesterday. So we'll wait word on that. ESPN Plus has that game tonight uh, at six o'clock. But the uh, the Bulldogs did what they needed to do. It's very much alive. And we'll have Shelby Mass tomorrow, correct, our bracketologist? So he'll be back and uh, give us some clarity. I do not have the keywords. Are they beside you? I got them here, yes. They did not make their way into the studio this morning, so we'll do that. We'll get Dave Sproul in here. Uh, You know what? One more thing, since we usually go around the local sports in the first segment. Mm -hmm. The only one we haven't covered was Friday night, and that was watching the Panthers uh, play some football. It kind of felt like it's out of place, but you know what? I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I stuck with it. My maybe as big a takeaway as anything was that the, the Jackrabbits quarterback, Mark Gronkowski, should be playing... At a different level. He's a freshman. He's a big dude. He can throw it. He can run it. And the very first play of the game, the running back's name is Strong. He went around the right side. And who's leading the blocking down the field? And I'm not just saying at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. he's 15 or 20 yards down the field, <laughs> moving Panther DBs out of the way for his running back. Um, South Dakota State's good. But here's the thing. Uh, They won in the final minute to win the football game. The Mm -hmm. Panthers. This was. These were two legitimate. Were they? Were they both top five or top ten? Three versus five. I thought. Yes. Yes. Uh, And I think they're very much deserving of their rankings on both ends. But I'm glad I watched it. I'm going to pay attention to this Panther team in the uh, February, March, and (laughs) April. It's, it's football. And it's not AAF or whatever the hell it is, or XFL, when you have no ties to anything. Um, You don't know what the helmets—we know what the Panther helmet looks like. We know what the Panther colors look like. There's a bunch of kids that played here in the CIML that are playing on this team. Um, It was good. It was fun to watch. Um, Justin Mm Surrency did the color— Grew on me as the game went on. I thought he did a good job, and that Brad Wells, who mm-hmm. we talked about, who did the Panthers and Drake earlier, he's a versatile guy, play-by-play guy. Yeah, he's he's good. It was a good tandem. Surenzi and Wells were good, and uh, it looked like a football broadcast. Good deal. Yeah, well worth the three-hour investment or whatever it was. Well, didn't go super late too. Well, I saw it till the end. I guess I don't know what time it was when uh, I... when they finally. Uh,
2: so I watched it in fast forward and just watched basically the fourth mm-hmm. quarter is when I really dug so in. You saw the game winner. Yep. Inside the final minute as they marched all yes. the way down the it field. It was just like
1: torture, right? But it it's football, was, it's yeah. good.
2: Uh and and a couple of my takeaways was offensive line for you and I that's the concern. It's a problem. Yeah. yeah, it's a problem. They couldn't run the ball very well nope. with Don Williams back there, talented he guy in his, his own right. Moments, yeah, Trent, he had his moments. Not a ton of time, and we know the athleticism, you know, getting outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. But you need some help there. Defense is going to be fine, but remember, it's not 24 teams now that are getting into the playoffs. Right. It's 16. 16. Yeah. You assume North Dakota State, South Dakota State are going to be there. True, on both counts. So you and I, to be that third team, you got to be at minimum 5 and 3. You feel pretty good. And yeah. on paper, yeah. you're. Putting an Ellen Pencil mm-hmm. down in that North Dakota State game. So. And who won yesterday, by the way? I couldn't find it. Um, I couldn't either, yeah. I looked on ESPN Plus. I couldn't find it. Didn't find the overflow. Zeb Nolan, not a great game. He, uh, eight of 9 of 18. Did he go the distance? 74 yards in the victory for the Bison. Yeah, played Did, the whole time, didn't, though. The, didn't they get a
1: transfer from uh, from the ACC? Did they? I thought they got a quarterback transfer in from the ACC. You're going to be thought. for long.
2: Well, that's uh, they beat Youngstown State. That's you and I's next opponent. They'll go out to Youngstown on Saturday morning at eleven. The other thing I was surprised by is we haven't seen these games getting picked up more by yet. And an right. and FS1, and FS2, mm-hmm. F- Marquee Network, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Now, I know they already have a lot of things on their programming schedule. That's where the Drake game was, by the way, yesterday on the Marquee. On Marquee, yeah. but you would figure at this point that they would be looking to add football content. Yeah, We know football's king. (laughs) And even, we talk about it, what rates higher? North Carolina-Duke at the end of the regular season, a huge game, or Mm. the Butt-Dart Bowl? I mean, it doesn't matter what bowl game it is, and it outrates the biggest college basketball game of the year. Because of that, how come at least North Dakota State, every one of their games is not on some kind of ESPN property? Yeah. The big one, like we saw Friday night with South Dakota State and you and I, that was a surprise. We'll see if that changes as we get through college basketball. Uh, let me just back up. I I couldn't find the North Dakota State game. It might have been there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't
1: see it, which you know could be could be you, could be me. All right, Trent, you've got the keyword. Let's do this. Time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Text the keyword green to 200-200. That's your chance at a thousand dollars. That's green to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, right, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Kerry Miller from uh, Bleacher Report at 11.05. We'll go around college basketball with Kerry Miller. Uh, then Scott Dockerman will join us at 11.25. He was at Carver last night. One of how many? Did you see how many people were in the building? Uh
2: 535, I think was the number, right in that
1: range. One of, oh boy.
2: That is uh, capacity right now. Yeah. Because that's been the listed attendance, I think, for like four or five of the home games. Uh, we'll come back with Dave Sprout from K A S I names, Miller and Condon,
1: 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on
0: 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.
1: Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Coming up in hour number two, we'll have another keyword for you. Uh, we will also have Kerry Miller from uh, Bleacher Report. He covers college basketball on a national scale. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawks. And his terrific piece on uh, Justice Sullivan, uh, who was uh, uh, who that he posted, I think it was yesterday, at The Athletic. Uh, let's get to Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, Story County's home for Cyclone Athletics. Uh, Dave, uh, good to speak with you, Trent and Ken. How are you, Dave Sproul?
0: I'm very well, and, uh, you know, when you bring up the Sullivan family, I feel it necessary to point out that, uh, that uh, Papa Sullivan went to the same high school as me. A few years after me, but uh, same high school. In, so, in, uh, in min- Minneapolis, Dave right? Yeah, for the Twin Cities, yeah. Yeah.
1: What what high school was it?
0: Tartan High School, which is located in Oakdale just east of St. Paul.
2: Don't Didn't know that. Tartan is where you and I got a lot of players. Kajoa Heligba, he was the yeah, Tartan okay. guy. Yeah. Mark Sonnen. Yeah. Uh, Eric Coleman, I yep. think, also. There's a bunch of them from yep. Tartan. And then there's Dave Sprout. Yeah, quite the pipeline, Dave. <laughs> yeah, and You're at the forefront of it. Indeed it was. I, I like to think
0: I was the first. Maybe not the best, <laughs> but
1: certainly the first. Oh, <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, let's get, to the, uh, let, let's get to, uh, back to Saturday. Uh, Iowa State falls down 21, and then they start chipping away a little bit, Dave. And I get it. Uh, we're at that point now where you know mccarney in the down years you're winning the second half um which was a a talking point at a number of press conferences but look at they just as easily could have thrown in the towel steve Prom switched the lineup around in the second half walker and johnson didn't see the floor trey jackson did and i thought it was by far trey jackson's best minutes of the season would you go there
0: uh, it's hard to say because it's been such a kind of a tough sledding for him. He's, you know, been really limited due to the COVID situation and, and uh, some injuries uh, have been a part of that too for him this season. And so it's been really hard for him to find a good consistent rhythm, but obviously he played a big role in, in getting back and uh, getting Iowa State back into that game. And in fact, hit the go ahead shot there yep. for a brief Iowa state lead. Uh So, you know, I, I think, for as anybody who's been hurt by a covid ravaged season it, it might have been him more than anyone you know players always make big strides in that sophomore season if, if they're going to become good players and he showed a signs of a guy who can become a really good player late in his freshman campaign he really came on late and really seemed to find a shot and you know the hope was you could build on that and and take it to a next level but everything seems to have worked against him so far this season in terms of the situation. So maybe he's starting to find that rhythm again and and getting a shot back in the group. But I think just uh, all the disruptions to this season have hurt him as much, if not more than just about anyone on that roster.
2: Jalen Coleman lands. He is a volume guy. Mm -hmm. He can get shots up. He started his career at Illinois, then went to DePaul, now at Iowa State. And with this free year, he could come back. Solomon Young can come back. Has there been any talk of the seniors and the possibility of them coming back for yet another season? We saw what happened on the football field, and I understand the situations are completely different in terms of where the program is, football versus basketball, but any talk about that with the senior group?
0: I haven't heard anything yet about that, but the that conversation might come up uh, later in the week. Uh, Saturday is the last scheduled home game, and even if, you know, the the... Texas game gets rescheduled for uh, Hilton before the season ends, I would imagine they'll go ahead and do senior Mm. day stuff with that TCU game senior night, I guess it would be, since it's a 6 o'clock tip. And maybe, yeah, that might come up leading up to that game because I would imagine even if guys are thinking about coming back, they'll probably still go through the senior year ceremony and all that uh, just to make sure that they get that opportunity to take care of it and then they can maybe make a final decision after that. But I'm sure that'll be a topic of discussion maybe later uh, this week.
1: You know I thought that listening to the game and I watched so many game and I hope it's not I'm thinking of another game but I thought that they that the whoever did the had the play by play actually mentioned him cuz this would be Year seven for him if he comes yep. back next year and the and their point was he would be the first seven year player I thought Jess Settles was but maybe he was eight he was six <laughs> um, but I think <laughs> I thought they mentioned that Coleman Lands would be the first seven year player and that he didn't have any interest in being that guy so so we sh- we'll, we'll see about that you know Trent uh, uh, you brought up Solomon Young as well mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dave. Boy, they really missed him in the first half. Now, I know he got back in there because he had a productive game in the limited minutes. He had two fouls. What, Dave? Two minutes into the game, he had picked up two fouls or very quickly after the two minute mark. uh, He was, uh, you know, on the bench. Uh, he had it going on underneath the basket that little hook shot of his it's almost unstoppable uh, would have been interesting to see if he would have been able to be on the floor for you know I get that he's going to get in foul trouble at some point some games but they missed him I thought when he had to leave the game early
0: yeah you know we, we talked a bit in, in the last week or so about George Condit his backup coming on strong and showing another level of play, and, and he has certainly, but I think that shows more really in terms of his rebounding and defensive effort. Uh, he's not a guy who has the, the scoring ability quite at the same level as Solomon Young because – Young just seems to have a, just a tremendous touch around the basket and the ability to score from different angles that maybe isn't such a strength for, for Condit. So that that is missed. And you saw, I think, with that comeback in the second half, Iowa State was able to get better quality shots and get in closer to the mm-hmm. rim and get closer range shots uh, and, and good looks you know, out of the offense there. And that's what really is something Solomon Young could do so well and a, a strong dimension that he brings to the Iowa State offense. So yeah, if he can stay out of foul trouble, you certainly do have a big leg up, uh and might not be a huge difference make, maker when it comes to the level of competition and all the other flaws for this team, but it's definitely something Iowa State needs if they want to, you know, have these kind of close games, at least keep themselves in, in competition and give themselves a chance to win late.
2: Didn't see much of Javen Johnson late in the game and has not, yeah, has not been able to really get it going has only scored in double digits once since he came back. Uh, is what's going on? You watch this guy. We were told just what an offensive, you know, star this guy could be after sitting out last year in the transfer from Troy. Just hasn't popped this year.
0: Yeah, it, it really hasn't come together for him either. And you can, you know, again look at the ups and downs of the COVID season uh, and all that. Uh, you know, the just the struggles that the team has gone through uh, overall and. You know, maybe his game just isn't developing in the way that uh, it needs to to uh, get to that next level, and, you know, Coach Prohm kind of hinted at some guys need to do things differently, and maybe he's one of those guys Mm -hmm. who needs to do things a little differently in terms of just the effort and focus on the floor. Um, I think Coach Prohm more than hinted at (laughs) some guys need to do better in that uh, regard, but uh, uh, he might kind of fall in that category, a guy who just needs to lock it in a little bit more Bear down on his focus and be maybe a little more serious about the game, or however you might want to put that.
1: Yeah. So it was Johnson. It was uh, uh, Johnson and Walker that both were, you know, uh, grabbed some bench and, and uh, they, they remained there. So did Prom let on? Was it more at the defensive end of the floor that he was uh, that he had a problem, or the offense, or their complete body of work that uh, prevented them from seeing any game action in the final half?
0: I would see it as more of a complete body of work, but there's one thing that coach Brom has harped on consistently, you know, even going back to last year uh, is that, you know, the defense always needs, needs to be better. And it's been really bad this season. And I think that's something that he, well, you know, wants to see. And that might be part of the message at least, or a big part of the message, even that he's sending by tightening that rotation down to six players. We're going to go with the guys who are serious about, you know, at least trying uh, to play defense and, I really got to hand it to to Coach Brom for having that, having the guts really to step up and say, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not going to do what you need to do, you're not going to play. Maybe that's something he should have done earlier in the season. Who knows? It's hard to say exactly how those dynamics are working through everything this season. Uh, But uh, you know, credit to him for at least you know being able to step up, willing to step up and say, all right, if you're not going to give me the effort you need, if you're not going to defend the way you should, or at least give the effort on defense the way you should, you're not going to play.
2: So it's Baylor tomorrow. Baylor coming off a 21-day pause. A Baylor team that was trailing with 10 minutes left to Mm -hmm. Iowa State. Yep, Confidence at the very least. Look, you're going to the undefeated second-ranked team in the country, and you haven't won a conference game. But the way they played the first time, maybe some kind of shot in the arm? It's hard
0: to say. It feels like a long time ago now. It does. Uh, It was. Yeah, for that game and stuff itself. And the thing that is going to be really striking to watch is just that 21-day layoff, as you mentioned Mm -hmm. with Baylor. I know they've been back at practice for a little bit now, but the fact that they haven't played in three weeks uh, tells you they might come out a little shaky, you know, to start with. Either that or they're going to have just a ton of energy all pent up and they might uh, try to, you know, score every basket they can and and try to get out to an early lead. But you would think that uh, Baylor would probably be a little bit rusty, at least the outset, and that might be the thing that opens the door for Iowa State because Baylor did not – they were not very sharp. Uh, in all honesty, in that game against Iowa State oh so long ago. And so they might not have, you know, a a lot of sharpness to them after the layoff, too, coming out uh, tomorrow night. And that will be interesting to see. You know, Baylor does have that advantage of being on their home court for whatever that's worth this season. Uh, But uh, it's going to be a little shaky at first. And if I was taking it off to a good start and not fall behind by 20 like they did against Oklahoma, uh, then they maybe can give themselves a chance to shake Baylor's uh, confidence or at least build up their own and say, all right, let's hang with these guys and make it a game for 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, well, I I just looked. It was the – the day before Iowa State won the Fiesta Bowl and then they take the floor uh, at Hilton the next day against uh, against a Baylor team and like Trent said I think they, uh, in the 50s at one point it was like 56- 55 uh, Iowa State before Butler gets uh, got going as he's wont to do so Dave uh, we did hear coach uh, pro uh, mentioned that he believes uh, that uh, maybe he has the, maybe the conference has told him that the postponed games will find their way back on the schedule that week if that's the case that would mean they would play in all likelihood that the regular season slated to end um is it tcu the finale at home right
0: right yep uh tcu uh is the home finale for the schedule for for saturday although they got the home game with texas to make up right and, and then k-state uh, a game with Kansas state yeah in manhattan to make up i haven't heard any word on those yet you know we and talked texas, about the Baylor's layoff, three weeks texas the tech too correct to up too. texas tech too Oh yeah, that, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So, and I was a little surprised. I got to admit that you know this Thursday, Texas and Iowa State both have an open date. They were supposed to play last Thursday, yeah. and they got moved because of weather. And now this Thursday was available for both teams, and I was a little surprised we haven't heard yet that you know they just moved the game to Thursday night and and take care of it. Maybe that could still happen, but it seems like it's off the short notice. So you got yeah, you got three three games left to make up for Iowa State. You got a bunch for Baylor that. You know the Big Twelve's got to do their best to get as many of mm-hmm. those in as they can, uh, and so they're either going to have to pack a lot of games into a short span, or you know, forego uh, uh, some games here and there. And you know, Iowa State, Kansas State might be a, a proper uh, candidate for for a game that might get skipped. So we'll wait and see. I think, uh, yeah, I'm sure the Big Twelve is, you know, somewhere uh, in a dark basement or, or somewhere. They got some mm-hmm. smart people down there trying to work out the schedule. I'm sure and trying to get every game in as much as they can, uh, first and foremost. Uh, So we'll see how they they work it out. Yeah, that's
1: a great point because, you know, and Trent brought this up, I I didn't realize how the the Big Ten seemingly was paving the way for Michigan while punishing Nebraska at the same time. I mean, the Huskers played seven games in 11 days, Dave. They had a prolonged absence away from the floor as well. And Baylor, I believe, has to get five games in. So while they're not going to punish Michigan – they think that they're their best chance to win a national championship. Perhaps that's in their mind. We don't know. They'd never admit as much. I wonder if the the Big 12 will do likewise when they see Baylor and not try and squeeze those five games in that one extra week that uh, seemingly they would have to do if they want to get all of Baylor's regular season games in.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. And that's a, the, the danger there. If you try to get Baylor a bunch of games in right at this time of year, that they don't have their sea legs for the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament, and that hurts, you know, the Big 12's chances. There's no extra money or anything like that, you know, involved in winning a national championship, I don't think. But the prestige of bringing that home to the conference for the first time since 2008, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that would mean something to the Big 12, and it's probably something that they will keep in mind when they try to reschedule their, their all these games.
1: Yeah, they just build up the conference coffers with, uh, with each win going forward, and then get that gets split amongst all the schools. So, Dave, listen, good stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you on Friday as uh, we'll head into the weekend. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul, KASI 1430 on the uh, AM dial that's uh, where Iowa State plays in Story County. Yeah, there was one particular juncture, in the game as starting. Iowa State led, then Oklahoma had come back, and it was still a relatively tight game. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one matchup. It was um, Reeves against Harris. That's not what you run. That's no. not. That's not optimum. The 5'9 guy out right. there. Right, so trying to guard him, and he just raised up, and I don't even have to – if he left his feet to shoot over top of him.
2: So we posed the question earlier – Ken Pomeroy has Iowa State a 26-point underdog tomorrow. The uh-huh. point spread will come out officially from Vegas this afternoon. I have found a database going back to 1996. The last time Iowa State was a 26-point dog or bigger, we'll let you know on the other side. Oh, a tease. That's a tease. Hmm. I, I, I'm not going
1: anywhere. I hope you don't as well. 1460 in 010 City. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Uh plenty of college basketball conversation coming up. Scott Dockerman, eleven twenty-five on the Hawks. Of course dock with the athletic. Prior to that, Kerry Miller from Bleach report. College basketball in a national perspective. But Trent, we went to break with you doing a little digging. Uh p- potentially Iowa State, if Ken Palm's number is right, will be a twenty-six point underdog against Baylor tomorrow. Twenty-six points, and your database that you go by or have mm-hmm. found goes back to nineteen ninety-six.
2: Yes. Uh, what did you find? So I found no instances where it was twenty-six points or more. In fact, the largest number, the biggest underdog Iowa State has been over these now. How far are we going? Twenty-five, 25 years. years. Yep. Is twenty-three and a half. There have been seven instances during the last twenty-five years where Iowa State has been a dog of 20 points or more. When was the last time? 2010. That would have yeah. been the final Greg McDermott season. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a guess who they were playing. Kansas. Yes. Right? And they covered. <laughs> okay. They were a 20-and-a-half-point dog, and they lost by 14 Jeez. in that one. Go through these seven games, six of them were against Kansas. The other mm-hmm. one, a non-conference game uh, that was played in December against Ohio State, the Ohio State team with Greg Ogun, Oden, Whoa. And Conley yeah, and that group coming pretty through. they pretty good. And uh, they were a 22-and-a-half point dog there. We lost it by 19. Four and three against the number, though, when favored by or, uh, 20 or when more. When getting points. 20 yes. or more.
1: <laughs> that's ridiculous. So do you think that we're, I mean, is 26 a fair number? Is that, do you think that's where Circa will be? I would think so, Jeez. right? Coming off of, what did you say, a three-week break? Mm-hmm. I think the uh,
2: second is the last time the yeah, Baylor played. Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl weekend. Feels like... Isn't time so weird over this last about year? In what respect? Where you hear about something and feels like so long ago. Yeah. And it was either months or weeks or whatever it is. I think the weeks are flying by. You do? I think absolutely. I, I blink and it's Thursday. So inside of the week... It goes really fast. Yeah, I think okay. it does, yeah. Yeah. I don't have time to even think about that most of the time. Yeah. This is the the busy time of year for me. Get no, through March. You have,
1: well, you got a week off. This week you got well, you got you do have some you still got yeah. some hoops to determine who's gonna get to the well, right?
2: And uh we will be in Johnston tomorrow night as the Dragons look to punch okay. their ticket on the girls' side against Indianola. Really good matchup mm-hmm. there in five A, so that'll be our basketball game on the girls' side tomorrow night. And uh, keep your eye out. More coverage later in the week as Good well. Good stuff.
1: You know what? Um, I, I want to ask you this. Sound off comes up with these goofy polls, yeah. Right? But yeah. sometimes they come up with one that gets people talking, uh-huh. and I think this was the case yesterday. Like it's a ridiculous poll, the <laughs> knockout thing. But again, it does what it's supposed to do, uh-huh. and that gets people going back and forth. Um, one of the goat. You either, Tom Brady, Gretzky, Jordan, or Wood. One of them has to go. Which goat you're going to knock out?
2: Knock out. So I can only keep three. You can only keep three goats, Trent. Jordan, Gretzky, Tiger. Tiger, Brady. It's Gretzky. Yeah, come on. It's Gretzky. No, it's not. That didn't, didn't win any titles in, in his 30s. Nope, he's out. He owns every record known to man. Mm-hmm. Not it's a It's Tiger Woods. Not a winner. Mark oh, well, Messier on, was yes. a winner. Come on. Wayne Gretzky, not a winner. Come on.
1: You know what? I, 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 I can't
2: go down this path. With no, you'll, you'll you can't. Me. He
1: owns 61 records. If you take away his goals, uh-huh. he still has more points than anyone who's ever played the game. Great individual player. Yeah, right. Not yeah. a great teammate. No, okay. He got all <laughs> those assists. Um, Tiger Woods is looking up at Jack Nicklaus. Right. What? Yeah. How, how do you keep tracking golf? Majors. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's how Tiger, Tiger wanted w- to be.
1: Precisely. Yes. I love Tiger Woods. Love it. I, I've, I've struggled to watch golf when he's not competing. Same way, it's, it's, it's Tiger. Mm-hmm. The answer's easy, don't you think? Bouncing well, you said Gretzky. Out. I said Gretzky. But and you, I knew hockey would come in, and I have no idea who's going to win this thing. Yeah, but I would anticipate it would be Gretzky. Uh, but look, I, I saw Gretzky in person over a
2: dozen times. Trent, it was, and these are pros. It was the best of the world. These mm-hmm. up yeah. the kids, it wasn't even fair. We I mean, we have uh, mixed in a little hockey. You know, uh, this is the anniversary. Yeah, but 41 date.
1: means nothing,
2: right? It if doesn't. it was
1: 40 or 45, it's like 33. Miracle
2: on ice for people right. wonder what we're talking we gotta go about. We're going to go nuts when it's 47. <laughs> right, right. It's 25,
1: 30, 35,
2: 40. But when it comes up, because I think last year it fell on a weekend. Did it? So we didn't have a chance okay. to. So you're Canadian at the time. Did, you know, I still am. <laughs> right. Does, it was a deal. What was it like, though? Amazing. It was. It was okay. amazing.
1: I mean, I, I, I that Russia team was unbeatable. They, they they played in the in the exhibition games leading up to it. Trent, they were it was it was unbelievable. It was man
2: against boys, and the boys won. I think I saw during pool play they played Canada and beat them like six four something like that. Could have, yeah. yeah. I don't think the pros were there. I don't think that the NHL
1: players were there. The yet. Russian pros were the Soviet. Oh, they pros. All are. Yeah, right. it was unbelievable. Yeah, that was an amazing amazing day, but then it wasn't over. They still had to go back. They still had some work to do, and they did. That wasn't for the gold medal game, though. The, the, do you believe in miracles? That's what everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people think that that, that was it, and they play the anthem and get the medals around their neck. Hour two coming up, Miller and Condon, 1460 kicks, no, 106.3 FM.